Hey, what's up? Welcome back to Surf Splendor. I'm your host, David Scales, bringing you an episode of Surf News for Monday, February 5th, 2017. Before we get into today's show, I'm just going to give you a couple of quick orders of business. Number one, our our website is surfsplendorpodcast.com. So everything that we discuss in this episode can be found there. You can also find us on social media at Surf Splendor on Instagram, Twitter, and then Facebook.com forward slash Surf Splendor. I want to say a quick thanks to those who have recently rated and reviewed the show in iTunes. That does help this show to grow. And then lastly, on our website, we've recently set up a donation platform. So after doing this show for three years without bringing on any sort of sponsorship, we decided to open it up to just a donation platform. So if you'd like to contribute, we encourage you to do that. So that is surfsplendorpodcast.com forward slash donate. You can do it via PayPal, one-time donation, or set up a monthly subscription for five or 10 bucks or whatever, whatever you want. All right. That's the long and the short of it. I will now pitch to my conversation with Scott Bass, and then I'll be back at the end of this episode to sign us off. Enjoy. Try to guess. Try to guess who this is. Welcome, everybody, down the line, Surf Talk Radio. It is February 6th. And I'm Scott Bass, along with David Lee Scales. Yeah, guy. Yeah, friggin' guy. David's just looking at me with the most... The look of disdain and I'm disgust. So, I'm just confused. I'm trying my best to identify. Is there some clue that I these have are, that these should are, indicate me? These are pro surfers from San Clemente. Oh, this is the Goudangs for sure. Yeah. The positive vibe warriors. Right. That is uh, Tanner Godowskis and probably Dane and Patrick too. I don't know. When you say it's a band from San Clemente, what do you mean by band? <laughs> it's a very, a very loosely defined term. It, is that... Uh, from a YouTube video? Like, uh, no, somehow or another, I have it on... I don't know if they either sent it to me or... I'm not even sure how I got it. But it's just some like rough cut that they did. They only make rough cuts. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like in the tradition of the jam band. They just get together, not in a studio. Just. Sa- it's called Sammy and the Boys. Their band, or... They're called Dead Ponies, that song, Sammy and the Boys. Apparently, there must be some local kid at T Street that's name is Sammy. Yeah. But um, for whatever reason, I've had that on my iTunes for like 10 years. Oh, that long? I think so, yeah. Well, it's not even in Shazam's archives because I thought you were going to give me an actual like professional music group as the intro. No. So I pushed Shazam. Oh, and then I could, cheating. Like, I know. And then I could act like I know everything about music and identify who the band <laughs> is, what the album is, all that sort of stuff. Right. Uh, but I failed. Shazam failed me, actually. I like to shift the blame. Um, 
So, Scott. Yes. Good to see you, dude. Yes, it is Monday. February. Fe- February 6th. February. February. Here we are. Surfing Heritage and Culture Center amidst um, a ton of periodicals splayed out on the floor and the table. Yeah, they're doing some sort of um, archival work here with Surfer Magazine, Surfing Magazine. All all, photo. all magazines, photos. I mean, seriously, there's hundreds of magazines laying about. National um, I'll photograph it and post it on Surf Splendor's Instagram account in a few minutes in the middle of one of Scott's talks. So uh, I like to be distracted at the same time and do a lot of multiple things. You know? Wow. <laughs> Pull out the selfie stick. By the way, Scott. it looks as if you slept in your car. I know. So 10 minutes ago, Scott's like, just looks at me with complete sincerity. I thought he was going to like tell me that he's recently got a bad diagnosis from the doctor or something. And then he looks at me and just goes, did you sleep in your car last night? <laughs> David is not shaven. He has a wrinkled white t-shirt on. Do you the chop hop looks a little greasy and it's laying flat. It's not its normal self. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I had high self-esteem until you and I started hanging out, and now it's just deflated. Oh, although, that's, that's not... I'm sorry. I apologize. Although I would like to take a photo of us side by side, because I would argue you've put less thought into your look today than I. With your beanie on, with... Oh, he's got the Putin t-shirt on. I've got a t-shirt with Vladimir Putin riding a bear. That's so funny. Nothing one of my, greater. By the way, one of my favorite Instagram accounts to follow is Look at This Russian. Have you yeah. ever seen that? No, but I'm gonna. I'll, I'll tag you in it. It's amazing. Everybody wants to check it out. Look at this Russian, and it just shows. You know, Russia is insane, of course, and right. like crazy things happen. They have like the craziest dash cam footage. Just they love Adidas for some reason. <laughs> right. Like everybody's wearing a track shoot that matches the Adidas uh, kicks. Anyway, um, it's a hilarious account that shows shows the most Russian of Russian things. So check that out. You know. Their yeah. non-surf related info. Um, I got a couple of follow-up topics before we get into the show. Yeah. One of them is actually a comment that was left on iTunes uh, under this, my podcast, Surf Splendor. You can rate and review the show, and I always recommend that people do because it helps other people to find the show. Like when you rate it in iTunes, it boosts your uh, ranking and obviously your ranking, but also the availability of people finding their sh- the show. Like they start typing the word surf. Mine will pop up first if I have more ratings than the Surf Simply guys who have a podcast in Costa Rica or whatever, right. you know? So anyways, I have 100 ratings, and this is one of the recent reviews on January 19th. Um, How many ratings do I have? Sorry for interrupting. Uh, we, don't I don't don't know. you know? I thought you said you knew. We checked recently. I forget what the number yeah. is now. but So I need more ratings. on Yeah. Rate and review down the line as well. Yeah. Um, so this guy's name is DCP10. He said... Surf News is entertaining, witty, smart, savvy, so smooth and clean like iced cream. Imagine Surfer's Journal and Beach Grit wrapped into a savory submarine sandwich delicacy delivered digitally. Maybe a weekly delivery? Hmm. Thanks again, guys. You. New Tribes albums. Dope. Peace. I like. I'm out like R. Kelly. So jelly of tacos and ticos and trunks and Indo. Too. Sometimes maybe. Yeah. Sweets. Thanks, guys. Cool. Later. Hmm. Okay, yeah. that oh, that didn't go over well on the radio. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly. No, it what doesn't make sense at all. Actually, it went over exactly like it did when I read it. The first paragraph is very flattering. The second one is just riffing on uh, musicians that he likes. Uh, so, all right. Um, do you have any emails or any? Yeah, I do. I got quick? a couple emails. One from our friend Benjamin. He says, 
He says, hey, Scott, huge fan of the Surf Splendor podcast. Whenever I see that, I think to myself, okay, they don't know that Down the Line exists. Like, everybody's listening through your distribution outlet. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I bet you are. It doesn't matter at no. all, actually. There's no... It hurts my ego a little. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, ben says, I'm getting married on August 19th and looking to take our honeymoon for two weeks, August 21st. I'm looking to find a really fun place to surf where my fiancé can cruise on the beach but still has a lot of other activities for us to do. Yeah, it's your honeymoon, bro. I am really leaning towards Bali, but not sure where to go. Stay surf. Do you have any insight on Bali? Do you know of any other places that would be great for me to surf and uh, also for my non-surfing fiance? Thanks, Ben. Well, my first take on that is Costa Rica. Costa Rica is a killer place for a honeymoon. There's tons of stuff to do. You can go to volcanoes. You can do whitewater rafting. You can, of course, cruise along the beach. Um, check out the rainforest. There's a, a bunch of really good um, zip lining. So the Costa Rica, and of course the surf's great. So yeah. Costa Rica to me is a no-brainer honeymoon. It's inexpensive and it's beautiful. Depending on where he's located, if he's in America, that's an easy option. Suppose- I think way better than Bali. Like to me, Bali's done. Is it super crowded, man? Yeah, Bali's. If you plan, like, if you're staying in Kangu and want to go to say, Gila or. Uh, Uluwatu or, you know, the point. Yeah. You're, unless you leave at 6.30 in the morning, it's what would should be a 30-minute drive is a two-hour drive. It's just so crowded, man. I've never been. Bali was good in 1978, not right. so much in 2017. It's just that the waves look so incredible, you know. Well, they are. Much- Once you're there, you're stoked, but it's getting around the island. It's just a huge headache. Yeah. Well, I would second that, that Costa Rican thing. I've done that a handful of times, and... Um, the only, I guess, caveat, the only time that I've, or the only thing I've ever done there is surf and stay near the beach. You know, I haven't actually been inland and done like the rainforest, zip lining and all that other stuff that you can do, but yeah. obviously people do. Oh, they it's do killer. I do retreats and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So, yeah. Super good. Yeah. Warm weather, warm water. Warm everything. Warm people. Yeah, totally. A warm, uh, <clears throat> you know, the. The currency is warm. Yeah. The so when I exchange I've gone, rate is what I meant to say. The last couple of times I've gone, I've stayed in Playa Negra at Real Surf Trips for the listener. If he wants to check that out, I think it's realsurftrips.com or something like yeah, that. I went. To, They've got a house at Playa Negra right in front of the spot, which is a pretty sick like super reef sick. point break. Super um, fun. Yeah. So and there's a bunch of other waves. There's like sick beach breaks nearby, and they organize everything. So that that would be a neat. I thing. honeymooned in Costa Rica at oh, did Playa you really? Negra. Yeah, it was one of the places that we stayed oh yeah. how about that yeah follow scott's path benjamin so thanks ben that's what our suggestion is costa rica very cool um uh, i got another one here yeah from please. another man named ben this guy ben spencer a longtime listener oh i know ben spencer. yeah you know ben spencer he's our um our resident english expert. grammar yeah, yeah he grammar. hates our our grammar yeah <laughs> I'm sure we're gonna by the way no. he has multiple errors in this email by the way oh you read this I'm gonna call it out yeah but go ahead you read it okay so Scott and David I hope you two are well I'm still thoroughly enjoying the podcast although I might e a bit late see I might e a bit late what does that mean he meant I might be a bit late I'd like to throw my board into the ring for the proposed surf trip okay so Ben wants to go with us on our surf trip I've got like five people that have cool. RSVP'd unofficially being UK based, I probably have to travel a fair bit, but we're used to that. That is assuming your new head guy doesn't put Brits on the bad hombres list. 
Good luck with that, by the way. Secondly, I propose a small challenge. If you two can get through a whole show without misusing I and me, I will consider donating. I promise it's not that hard. You don't say, she have the book to I? He meant to say she gave the book to I. She gave the book to I? Correct. So following the same rule, you wouldn't say she gave the book to Scott and I, but rather to Scott and me. To get technical, one is the object pronoun and one is the subject blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and your email just went, forgive my rant. I am a language teacher, so it's my job to be anally retentive pedant. Pedant? Pedant? Yep. Are you reading that? Yes. Anyhow, keep up the great work. I do really enjoy the show and will donate irrespective of grammar rules infringements. Well, thanks, Keep your man. knees in the breeze. So here's That's the deal. It's awfully colloquial, Ben. Keep your knees in the breeze. Here's the deal, Ben. Ben Spencer, director, SLS, Spanish, English, something or other. So I have to take Ben's... Yeah. Um, by the way, you left out a sentence in there that was directed at reprimanding me specifically. He said, by the way... David, I'm calling you out as number one offender on this particular issue. So I hear you, Ben. I will say I learned the exact opposite in school. I would no like I remember a teacher saying that you're supposed to say she gave the book to Scott and I. Well, then you would need just then you would be saying she gave the book to I, which is not correct. She gave the book it, to that's me. That's what Ben's saying. Correct. But I just remember learning that, and so I've always stuck with that, and I've made it a point to make sure that I was saying it what I thought was correctly. Now, it's my great, whole world is torn upside down. Yes. i got to start from scratch. Yes. it's This is a great reason why teachers' unions are lame. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Ben is the one who we should be really uh, questioning his credentials. Here's what's going to happen, Ben. When I don't we know, go on this surf trip. I don't know what the director trip. of SLS means, but... Ben is going to, we're going to have a whole like seminar on the surf trip, one evening seminar on surf talk, surf discourse, surf diction. Slogans, surf slangs, right. surfing. Ben will be on the dais with David yeah. and they will be discussing over a pint. I don't, I don't mind um, being corrected. And so, Ben, I appreciate the feedback you've given us over the years. We take this show very seriously, obviously. I agree. And, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm, it won't be the first, won't be the last time that we uh, mess up. I'm sure we already have. Well, we spend most of the show slinging mud at other publications for, like, <laughs> for improperly reporting something or misspeaking. Yeah. Remember and we about a year on. ago, you had this big thing about professionalism. You remember that? You three like, years ago, dude. Yeah, you know, time flies. Like, time yeah, flies. it really does. No kidding. Well, one other follow-up that will kind of segue us into the actual news portion of the show is that on the last show, the, the kook was Mark Zucker, Zuckerberg for um, – you know, purchasing land in Hawaii that was, you know, owned by locals, quote unquote, and then trying to pay them out, uh, whatever. There was some land rights issue with the local Kauaians, the natives. And so Mark has actually um, retracted his whatever he was doing. I'll basically give you a quote from I think it was um, actually Mark himself sent this out as like a press release. He said, we've heard from many in the community and learned more about the cultural and historical significance of this land. Over the past week, we've spoken with community leaders and shared that our intention is to achieve an outcome that preserves the environment, respects local tradition, and is fair to those with uh, Kauaian lands. 
To find a better path forward, we are dropping our quiet title actions and we'll work together with the community on a new approach. We understand that the Native Hawaiians, Kauaians are sacred and Kauai, or the Kauaian land is sacred and the quiet little the quiet title process can be difficult. We want to make this right, talk with the community and find a better approach. So cool. what he was doing, I guess, was suing people or suing whoever the the government organization was to free up the ability to like put a wall up in front of that land that he can't, I guess, technically own. So now he's dropping the lawsuit against them and they're just going to find a amicable, you know, middle ground. All right. So follow up. That's good to know. Yeah. <clears throat> um. I guess the big news that we should just get right into is the Mavericks stuff, right? From last week's kook to this week's kook. Titans of Mavericks is now Titans of Bummer. <laughs> Why did you come up with that on your own, <laughs> yeah, Scott? thank you. Hey, Ben Spencer, can we get a suggestion for an <laughs> improvement? Look, on- I was going to go Titans of Malignancy. I was going to use the oh. M. I was going to go Titans of, you know, Malice. That wouldn't have worked. But anyway, I thought it was just... When I thought about it, I went, you know what? The whole thing's just a big bummer. So it's the Titans of Bummer. This is from the New York Times. I'm going to read a little bit. The Mavericks surfing competition, the nation's premier big wave event, has been canceled this year after organizers were sued by its sponsors and filed for bankruptcy, event representatives said on Friday of last week. The event held a half mile off Half Moon Bay in Northern California at Mavericks. The annual one-day contest features two dozen professional surfers competing on one of the world's most dangerous surf breaks where waves can reach 60 feet. The event, officially known as Titans of Mavericks, takes place between November and March. After a 48-hour notice is given when conditions are right, aligning clear weather and majestic swells. The cancellation comes one week after Red Bull. Mavericks broadcaster and only sponsor filed a lawsuit against the event's promotional and management groups, cartel management, and the Titans of Mavericks for a breach of contract seeking $400,000. In its bankruptcy filings, cartel faces claims of about $1.9 million, and Titans of Mavericks faces more than $776,000 in claims, according to court records. Quote, the event is totally done this year, said Brian Overfelt, one of the three Mavericks Invitational Board members. It's impossible. There's no way this event will happen. We are completely and totally blindsided. Jeff Clark, the event's founder and well-known big wave surfer. The friend of Scott Bass. Was shocked and frustrated by the news, which he first learned of from news reports. He said there was a disconnect between the surf community and event organizers who lacked, quote, commitment to the sacred place in their hearts and souls. Our primary focus has always been to support the men and women who surf Mavericks and to preserve the sanctity of the wave and support our local community, Clark had said. We have sacrificed much to create a stage for the world's best big wave surfers, and we are disappointed. This year's Mavericks was to have been the first to allow female surfers. Sabrina Brennan, who heads the San Mateo County Harbor Commission, which manages the Mavericks surf area, helped in the fight to include women. 
This event has been plagued with problems since its inception, she said. Trying to generate revenue from an event like Maverick is a challenge. You need a more organized and committed group of people to pull it off. She added, this is not good for the sport and it's not good for the athletes. Several surfers have reached out to Brennan and requested that the commission terminate the five-year event permit with cartel, which is also Brennan's recommendation. That would allow another party to apply for a Mavericks permit in the future. Red Bull, which was to provide the contest prize money, filed a lawsuit against event organizers for breach of contract on January 27th. Lawyers for Red Bull declined to comment for this article. Titans of Mavericks said it was hopeful that this year's event could still be saved if the bankruptcy process and a sale of its business operations go quickly. The bankruptcy filing came after having had several conversations with multiple interested parties who were looking at an acquisition that could happen quickly with a minimum of legal complications, according to Griffin Guess, the Titans of Mavericks founder, which he said that in a statement. Surfers, shocked and saddened by the news, were already in town for the event and had been steadily approaching Brian Overfelt at his restaurant, Old Princeton Landing, a local hangout. So, here we are, David. Titans of Mavericks, a total Titans bummer. You and I saw this writing on the wall. Many of us did when the waves were perfect in November. And I mean perfect, like not a drop of water out of place, perfect. And there was no even yellow light, no even press release saying, hey, the waves are going to be good. You guys should come out and surf out here and we'll take a look at you and maybe the committee of five will select you as one of the participants in the event. There was not even a peep from the people at Titans of Mavericks. And that's where you and I and everyone in the surf world went, oh, red flag. Red flag. And we did cover it at that time. And the story at that time was that they didn't have the permit yet from the county. And the and a lot of the rumblings and rumors were they couldn't afford the permit. So, Well, apparently there's just so much politics, as we yeah. mentioned. The politics are thick. According to this, the biggest asset they have is a five-year permit. Mm-hmm. Now, that permit is from – hold on. Bear with me here. The five-year permit was granted by several agencies. And there are several other agencies, or at least one other, that thinks that it needs to also grant Mavericks a permit. So when I spoke to Jeff Clark in December, part of the problem was either the San Mateo Harbor uh, people want to also issue a permit and there's cities and there's of course the coastal commission. There's so much going on here that, um, you know, like I said, the politics is, is just thick. What we do know is that look, there's surfers, big wave surfers, guys like Grant Twiggy Baker, Greg Long, um, skin dog Collins, um, Grant Washburn, all of these guys. There's, you know, there's a bunch of them, right? I'm missing a bunch. I'm just going to say there's the surfers themselves who sort of pride themselves as this sort of big wave fraternity. And I use the word fraternity loosely, knowing that there's women involved here. But certainly there is a patriarchal, a patriarchal vibe with the leader, Jeff Clark, and all of the guys involved being men. But the surfers themselves just want to have an event to celebrate this tribe of big wave riders. Then there's Sabrina Brennan, 
who's a San Mateo County Harbor Commissioner, who heads up the Committee for Equity in Women's Surfing, who uses hashtags such as Big Wave Feminism, hashtag Surfragettes, and she is suggesting that Jeff Cartel was conned by Griffin and the cartel. Yeah. She represents Bianca Valenti, who sort of stirred up some con- I don't know if you want to say it controversy, but she said, hey, what about the women? Yeah. I don't know if it's controversial. She just wanted equality, yeah. which is respectable. And together, Sabrina Brennan and Bianca Valenti, I think I'm saying her name right. I think so. Uh, together, they forced cartel management's hand, and they basically made the Committee of Five include women a women's heat this year. Um, and then you've got Jeff Clark himself, who's this basically the understood and recognized cultural overseer of the surf break of Mavericks due to his 40 years of time in the water there. Yeah. And there's probably even more to it than that. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I think the whole Mavericks surf contest thing should just go away. Yeah. So I know that there is a lot of political red tape that you've talked about, but honestly, I think that's kind of a distraction. I think that people are pointing fingers at that to distract from the real issue. And what I would guess the real issue might be is cartel management. You know, you look at their track record. I just found some stuff about online about cartel. They got sued last year. Um, But let me let me actually back up. Cartel management was founded by this guy, Griffin Guess, who you've mentioned in this show. Griffin Guess started a, um, I guess it was a creative services firm back in the late 90s that made music videos. So he comes from the music world, made music videos, represents talent in that world as well, represents and married uh, Marissa Miller, which is a swimsuit, international swimsuit model. Gorgeous, by the way. That was a great get for Griffin. Um, <laughs> Seriously, she's beautiful. So <laughs> great get. You, yeah. saw, you make it sound like he purchased her. I don't care who you are. That's marrying up. Even if you're <laughs> Brad Pitt, that's marrying up, dude. Uh-huh. She's she's incredible. Uh-huh. Anyways, in in 2007, Griffin Guest founded this cartel management group, right. and um, they're a boutique management company that represents supermodels, athletes, musicians. How they pivoted into this Titans of Mavericks thing, I'm not sure. Unless maybe they well, he lives in Capitola. Okay. Right? And and he I think he was surfing with Brian Overfelt or he was surfing with one of the guys. Okay. And they just said, Hey, let's why don't we do this? So well, it all kind of happened over a dis- numerous discussions in the surf up in the Santa Cruz, Half yeah. Moon Bay area. Well, in 2006, Cartel lost a lawsuit b- brought by a sunless tanning company called Gleason for a million dollars um, for failing to adhere to their contractual obligations. Now, this Red Bull media suit that comes with this bankruptcy was Red Bull paid them $400,000 for the rights to this year's webcast, and then they don't run the event. Right. So then Red Bull starts reaching out to them and is like, hey, we're willing to sort this out. Send us our money back. And basically Red Bull said, quote, after receiving Cartel's purported termination letter, searching for a rationale for Cartel's erratic behavior, we found that uh, we're basically not going to get paid due to these financial and legal difficulties. So now they're suing for that amount of money. So 
All signs point to a mismanagement by the company who's trying to run this event. I know Clark, Jeff Clark and the surfers representatives want this event to work. It seems like the county wants this event to work. They just want to be able to find a way to run the contest successfully, you know, yeah. where everybody makes a little bit of money. The county makes money. Surfers make money. Great. And it seems like the surfers and the sponsors stepped up, but the management company, the man, the, the contest promoter is the one who Griffin mixed Guess. everything up. Yeah. So I don't know that it's Griffin guest specifically, but he owns the company and it, the company's mismanaged. Look, it starts at the top. Exactly. Um, here's something that the, at the very beginning, when, when Cartel took over this Titans of Mavericks thing or created this Titans of Mavericks thing, you might remember one of its first moves was to extract Body Glove from, um, oh, yeah, which in 2014 that. signed a three-year title sponsor deal. That's right. That lawsuit's still going on. Oh, wow. And they also limited access to the break on the contest day for media and passenger boats. So there's been a lot of controversy just from the get-go, you know. And then there was the Coastal Commission thing basically holding back the permit unless they included women. Right. And um, the whole thing's just a mess. You know, my feeling is the contest at Mavericks, whatever it's called, needs to not happen for at least five years. Mm. Just don't do it. Yeah. Let the egos and the power brokers simmer down. Let it all just go away. Yeah. Eventually, if it seems appropriate, perhaps a leader with a transparent mission, mm-hmm. somebody that transcends the culture that everybody looks to is like, yeah, you know what? That guy's not going to screw us. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody like Greg Long. Right. Maybe it's Grant Washburn. I don't know who it is, but somebody that isn't tainted by the past and whose character, again, transcends any of the bickering. Or maybe not. Maybe Mavericks as a condescite is just one big, hellacious wipeout. I don't think it is. You know, I think it is just the, like you said, having the lack of vision from a specific leader. Um, although, so Red Bull, interestingly, had purchased the media rights to run that event. They don't need Titans of Mavericks. Red Bull can do it on their own. We've seen them do it at Jaws. Well, We've the, seen them do it. Here's the. I'll just, let me interrupt. The, what What do they need to do to do that? They need the permit. That's the yeah, one asset right. in this exactly. bankruptcy is the permit. There's a permit that's floating around. That's really all they got. Like yeah. they're like we're selling off our assets. What does right. that mean? You're selling your recording instruments? No, you're probably just selling the permit. Right. I don't even think you can sell a permit. The permit's issued by the. By the Coastal Commission and by the Harbor Port. Well, the if port- there's a contract that says they have it for five years, you got to buy them out of the contract in theory. So you're not purchasing the permit. You're just buying them out of the contract. Yeah, I don't know the legalities of it, either. but it seems to me that the Coastal Commission can just go, you know what? We're canceling that permit. So it's not so even an asset. Well, considering that Red Bull signed a contract for the media rights, so they had to cancel that contract as well. You know, So contracts get canceled. So the permitting of the event is where all of this drama really takes place. Because I know that yeah. this uh, Brennan woman, I forget her first name, Sabrina? What is, uh, let me Something look. like that. Anyway, <laughs> she's on that Harbor Commission, San Mateo County Harbor Commission. Yeah. They want to issue a permit. The Coastal Commission wants to issue a permit. Probably the city of or county of Half Moon Bay or the city of Half Moon Bay wants to. Like, all of these... All of this bureaucracy that is so wonderful in the state of California 
needs to align itself and get its own act together so they can say, okay, who really has the power to issue one permit? They sh- mm-hmm. You shouldn't... Please don't make us get five permits, for God's sakes. Get your act together. Mm-hmm. Be professional. Couldn't agree more. One friggin' permit, yeah. you know? There's so many egos and so much... Power, bro, and that's and and that's really the main. That's why this is a problem. Too many egos, not enough people like Greg Long just going, "Hey, let's just like let's just do it for the right reasons." Yeah, you know. Well, I think everybody's all- got their finger in somebody's cookie jar. The- <laughs> Pisses me off, including <laughs> I think this Susan Brennan woman. Yeah, because she's like, "Oh, let's have this equality for women." I'm all about that. Let's do it. I'm I. This is what I propose. Let's just have a women's only contest at Mavericks when it's forty feet. Let's have a contest. Let's see how engaged you and I are as viewers. I'll watch it. Yeah. I want to see the women surf 40-foot Mavericks. Yeah. Let's see how engaged the sponsorship is. Let's see how many people sign up. Mm-hmm. How many sponsors go, this is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Women in 40-foot waves with great white sharks. I don't want to see how long the contest goes on. I'm into it. Yeah. I say, I say let's do that. Women only at Mavericks. All right. We saw it at Jaws. It went. How did that go? Um, uh, it didn't go great. It depends who you are, but it didn't go great by by uh, the viewers' stands and a couple of the women that ended up in the hospital. So, I hear you. What's up with that deadpan stare, dude? I'm pissed. Yeah, you are. Jeez, <laughs> the whole thing's a joke. Um, the whole matter. No, let me ask you I this: it, Like, it's I agree. Way, everybody that is involved now needs to leave. I. And just let it all go away for five years. I got, I got Susan Brennan will become some other important. She'll move her power thing over there. The other people will move their power. Griffin Gass will move to Hawaii. The whole thing will disappear in five years. And, and if it's meant to be, it'll happen. And somebody that's, that again, you know, transcends any of the bullshit. Yeah. Well, inter- so I think that a lot of those, the people handing out the permits have, um, the resource in mind and the resource being the wave you know it's like this world-class wave that everybody's coming to they don't want to just see it get overrun and pilfered by cartel management or whoever else comes in and just capitalizes on it just like hawaii recognizes pipeline as a resource we're in the middle of the vulcan pipe pro right now yesterday the waves are pumping they couldn't run because they don't give permits on sunday because it's like, this is a resource. We can't just let it get overrun. We need to kind of reserve it for the locals who want to surf it as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that they're trying to sort out what that looks like for Mavericks. And that's why they're being a little bit um, cagey with the with the permits and that sort of thing. But I agree. There's too many people involved in that process. Um, what – so – have, do you want to transition to the Vulcan Pipe Pro? Have you been watching and yeah, read? It's been so, insane. So there's a number of segues here with the uh, Mavericks event in that Red Bull was imbo- involved in both. I was saying Red Bull doesn't need Titans to They run. don't. They just need the damn permit. And that's correct. There's five so they, different permits and 15 different egos. Got that. So, by the way, Red Bull running this Vulcan Pipe Pro broadcasting. So good. They're phenomenal. So dude. good. They're so good. So good. Professional. It's ridiculous. And they've implemented one thing that you and I have talked about, right. which they have something called the Other Guys. Yeah. Which is an alternative commentary team that isn't giving you necessarily the play-by-play of every wave, but they're giving you a lot of color commentary, and they're even like referencing um, sponsor deals that are happening outside of this contest, like. 
oh, you know, the Jack Freestone's writing for Billabong. I heard his contract was priced at this last year or whatever. Just all this industry gossip like you and I are giving on this show when we talk about the events. But theirs is like true. And, <laughs> and they work in the industry. And they're, but they're also sitting at Pipeline watching it real time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, that's, oh, a, great. that's a really cool thing. Obviously, the camera angles, all of that is super, super slick. But I just think Red Bull's done a great job with the Vulcan Pipe Pro. Just the way that... Okay, so th- when I first tuned in, I was like, I guess the WSL doesn't have as much influence over the way the broadcast goes as they used to. Remember like when f- four, three years ago when WSL was like, okay, all the events have to kind of have our shine on them, you mm-hmm. know? This is... This reminds me of the ASP, where mm-hmm. Volcom and Red Bull just said, let's just do our event this way. Mm-hmm. And and you just get the feeling the WSL is just kind of looking the other way or is fine with it. Or do you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't. Totally. But the WSL is involved. This is a WSL. I know, that's event my point. On the qualifying series. That's my point yeah. is that, like, the first couple of years of the WSL, they were very, like, okay, you know, Paul Speaker's in charge and this is the way it's going to be and you've got to do it this way and this is the way the broadcast is going to be. And Red Bull can't even be involved. God, you know, like. Right. There's that you know like there's and so i'm looking at this i'm like this reminds me of 19 or like 2003 or something yeah but i would argue the ct events are still the way of course but even back then the qs's were still real strict i don't think you've been watching the qs's like there's qs's that happen throughout the year that i think have been run by their own commentary team and broadcasting standards that are similar to this but i think this is the most public of them and that this is um the best event. I mean, this is the best QS event throughout the course. Well, there's of the no year. doubt. Yeah. I just feel like it's loose. There's it's, it's a little loosey goosey compared to the way yeah. it used to be. Well, so even I, the Vulcan Pipe Pro was had like oh yeah this I, kind of like it was dressage of like it was dressed like it was a WSL CT event. Yeah, and now it's not. Now it's like Red Bull's ruin. Um, Red Bull's running, running it, and they're yeah. killing it. It is. It feels like a Red Bull TV event. It doesn't feel. I don't feel like I'm watching a WSL event. I agree, and I was surprised to see um, Ross Williams and some of the WSL commentators actually still participating in this event. You know, that's what I mean. I just think that that yeah, I would like think- it's way more relaxed regarding how the WSL views these webcasts, and you yeah. might see more of this. So you know, I think the WSL could actually take a page out of the Red too. Bulls book. And here's one specific example: yes, all the commercials in between um, the heats are of Red Bull advertising their own shows for RedBull.TV. So when we watch the WSL CT events, it's commercials for Samsung, commercials for Jeep, commercials for maybe Quicksilver or whoever the sponsor is of the event. Red Bull doesn't do any of that. They cut to commercial and it's advertising their series, The Ripple Effect, or advertising their series, Kickstarted. And you go to RedBull.TV, they have an entire television network with phenomenal programming and they are red bull is a media company we've learned that i mean you think of them as being the energy drink company but really they're a media company that's just selling an energy drink you know wsl i think has been trying to make that pivot and they're funneling a lot of people to their YouTube channel to try to get eyeballs. But all of that is really just to sell advertising to Samsung and Jeep and come up with a number that justifies the number of eyeballs. Whereas Red Bull, they're not selling any advertising. They're going, look, we're going to build this media company. They have a magazine, obviously, and they have this digital television network, all 
promoting their athletes so that kids go into the liquor store and buy their energy drink. All they're selling is an energy drink. WSL is still trying to sell advertising. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. Free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You know. What do you think about in in about <clears throat> three years Red Bull runs professional surfing? We've had that conversation. It's not unreasonable. I just typed in Vulcan Pipe Pro in my Google search and yeah. Red Bull TV came up first. And I clicked on it, and I'm watching Red Bull TV, and they're doing the the pre-event Monday morning. The waves look good. We're going to run this event. Yeah. Well, Vulcan- and it's all like, look at this. No, I know. I had it up too. That does not look like a WSL broadcast. Yeah. I didn't even. There's no WSL. I don't even see WSL anywhere. No. Um, yeah, Vulcan Pipe Pro redirects to Red Bull TV now. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm watching. Yeah. And, I mean, it's kind of fascinating to me. It just seems like. Again, it feels like, maybe it's just me, but it feels like Paul Speaker left and all of a sudden they went, hey, dad's not home. Let's have a party. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Like, they, they robbed the liquor case and they <laughs> took dad's smokes and they're like, and they're in the living room. How good is the, when they're all kind of sitting around, like you say, just talking, like Sal and Cote and whoever. Well, it reminds and me of And that. they've got Bruce Irons and Mason Ho in there and Jamie O'Brien and they're just, ra- and they're not, and waves are being written in a, in a little, um, picture in picture yeah yeah no I agree it reminds me of the X Games actually because you they just had the X Games in Aspen right and that's the same exact format they have they're in a living room on a sofa with a area rug and a coffee table and they're shooting the breeze you know and they're watching it and if something goes down there's a replay and all of them are watching it too so they're like hey hold on shut up look at this wave exactly so they go to the wave you know yeah yeah I'm a big fan and by the way um I'm not kidding when I say Red Bull TV has fantastic programming. Go watch. Some they of their got Marissa sh- Miller or something. I wish, dude. I wish. No, they do have great programming. That's really where they have the WSL by the balls. When that's you think what I'm about saying. it, no, that's exactly the point want, that I'm making. Got, and remember, they got eyeballs everywhere. So remember um, the film from this year won the film of the year at the Surfer Pole Awards, which was Let's Be Frank. Yes, and I had Frank and the director on this show on Surf Splendor. Well, that was 
uh, sponsored by Red Bull, and they put it out in limited release where it was going to be on their website for a week, and then it went away for a while. <clears throat> and you could purchase it on iTunes for a bit, but it seemed weird the way that they were distributing it. Like they advertised that it was going to be available, and then it went away. Well, it's currently available on Red Bull TV, and what they were doing apparently was just holding it back to make it part of their suite of programs when they launched this new version of Red Bull.tv. But again, it's the film of the year. It's available for free. You don't have to subscribe to their network. You don't give them seven bucks a month like HBO Go or whatever. It's all for free on RedBull.tv. It's phenomenal. Like as the viewer who just wants content, they're producing fantastic content in the hopes that you just maybe buy an energy drink down the road, you know? So I'm a big, big fan. And if anybody needs content, go to RedBull.tv. I would argue start with a series called The Ripple Effect. They did season one about two years ago where they um, profiled Vans. They profiled Bob Hurley and his rise. The uh, origin stories of O'Neill and Quicksilver were all part of season one. It was really, really good. They're about 30-minute programs, super slick editing. And now season two is available, and they've got um, – it's a bunch of stories that I'd actually had to look up who the guys were because it wasn't really surf-related. But they interviewed the guy that started Reddit um, – Guys that started this media company called Twitch, but still just really compelling stories. Yeah. You know? So, what are you looking at? I'm watching the the, the Red Bull TV surf contest. Yeah, I, but I, for the record, that's yesterday's stream. They oh, haven't started. Oh, it is. Yet. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. So, I thought this was today's. They're running yesterday's. It says day three, right? I don't know. I just clicked on. Uh... Yeah, it's the redirect. But if you look at the um, the timeline, oh yeah, on day it, three. Yeah, sorry. yeah. The timeline on it shows that it's like five hours and 37 minutes long, right? It's just a feed from yesterday. Oh, you got me. Yeah. But I'm with you. It starts in like 25 minutes. Yeah. So we'll check that. Well, you know, like like I said, the, the big thing here is I don't see WSL anywhere on this broadcast at all. I don't, I don't see it anywhere on the set. I don't – it, and of course, you and I know that there was – you know, early on there was – was it Red Bull that got into the big thing with the speaker? Like they wouldn't let Jordy wear his Red Bull yeah. hat. And- yeah, exactly. Um, so you have been watching the event, by the way. Yeah. So day round one, three was insane. Day one ran in like almost um, what looked like a right-handed it was, sand. Yeah, point northeast break. swell back door. Yeah, the sand moved. It was just this crazy. But it was doubling up, yeah. crazy barrels. Not a ton of great ones, but there were some tens when they came. Um, so that was really exciting just to see something different. But yesterday, or I guess Saturday, returned to form with like classic pipeline, and yeah. it looked incredible. It was so – it was perfect. It really it was, was perfect. You know, they even asked a lot of the guys that came into the studio set. I think Bruce Iron said it was a 7 out of 10. It wasn't John huge. John said it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, a 7 out of 10 to those guys is – you know, they're giving – they're leaving some room for – Extra perfect, but but there were perfect waves. So many perfect waves, and both well waves. Overhead. Yeah, exactly. So it's um, basically it kicks off the QS season. This event in a big way, but it also kind of wraps up the Hawaii season at the same time. You know, interestingly, only three surfers have ever won this event. Really, only three surfers: Kelly, John, John, and Jamie. That's it. And John John's won like four times. Kelly's won three. You know, I forget how many Jamie's won. Yeah. But it's like those guys have dominated this event. More interestingly, Kelly lost in his very first heat. I know. Round three. So he, he, he just got schooled by, uh, was it Bruce? And Seth Moniz. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Seth <clears throat> Moniz, uh, kind of the shocker in that. I mean, he's not a shocker. Obviously, his family is storied and um, he's put in his time. But he's a young guy going up against Kelly and Bruce. And he beat them both. He started off. They started off heats back to back. Bruce got like a nine six seven, and then Seth, very next wave, got like a nine four seven or something. Actually, fell off as he was getting blown out of the barrel. So I was kind of surprised that they gave him that big of a score. But I was also glad because he did come out, and then he just cartwheeled, like kind of the spit blew him off. That's another area where you you kind of feel like the judges don't feel the agreed the the damp cold cloth of the WSL kind of over them. You know, you sense that that whoever is in charge is kind of going, hey, man, this is our event. Yeah. You know what? Dad's not home. Yeah. Let's have a party. Yeah. They they are a little looser with the judging. Like that wave at the Pipe Masters, I think would have got scored like a three or something because he didn't ride out, you know? Dad's not coming home. <laughs> Dad split. You love this analogy. <laughs> <laughs> this feels almost like a therapeutic session. Are you bringing up some childhood stuff right now? Like, saying, let's have a party. Uh, so, interestingly, Kelly stated, I don't know where he stated this, but I heard a lot of people commenting on it. Chris Cote commented on it. Sal Masakela commented on it that Kelly said this would be his last year on tour. Yeah, I've heard that before. Did, did you see Kelly say something? Well, was it straight from the horse's mouth? I think so. I think there's a quote somewhere. Like, if we, yeah, I mean, everyone's. This is it. Like, yeah. he's made it known. It, there is no more. Well, how do you? This is the last year. This is his last year. And how do you feel about him losing first heat of the first contest of the season? Well, not, as you it's know, not a CT contest, but still, this no, is an this important is a big event. event for him. Totally. Um, as you know, Seth Moniz made a great, gave us some great insight. He said when the heat started, Kelly was looking down at his watch and adjusting his watch because he had it set for a 30-minute heat and it was a 25-minute heat. So while he was down there, as the heat's going, adjusting his watch, that first set of the morning rolled through. Bruce and Seth got it. And Seth's basically saying Kelly wasn't ready. Or normally, Seth was surprised that he didn't get hassled by Kelly out of that wave. Right. And that was the heat. Then the rest of the heat, Kelly's playing catch-up because he didn't have his shit together. Yep. And as a fan of Kelly Slater, as a guy who wants to see Kelly Slater go out on top, this is disturbing to me because all of his thi- all of his you know energy, the tone that he was setting was, "Hey, this is my final year. I'm really going to give it my all. I'm going to put perps and outer known and wave my pool. girlfriend and the wave pool, and my surfboard company, all of that shit yeah. on the side burner." As I, this is it. Yeah, and he comes out. And doesn't have his watch set pr- properly? For the first heat in the first event of the year, and the waves are pumping at pipeline. I hope he has enough humility to kind of slap himself. Yeah. Because that's bullshit. It really is. Uh, and now he's playing in the AT&T Pro-Am this year, at Pebble, like this week. Yeah. Right now he's in Pebble Beach. Yeah. That's okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm How looking quickly forward- you change your opinion <laughs> well, when it's a sport no, that you like now. No, no. Here's why. Here's why I'm okay with Kelly playing golf. Here's why. Because the next event he's going to surf is going to be at the end of February in two and a half, three weeks, right? Okay. He's going to have time between this golf tournament to fly to Australia and get his shit together. We're talking about focus, though. Like I agree. What's more, what's going to make you focus more than a golf tournament? Not, have you ever played in a golf tournament? You've got to you be focus on the wrong thing. You gotta, no, it doesn't matter. It teaches it does you matter. uber focus. Uber focus. You're going to win a world title while you're also playing professional you're golf? You're going to take the focus Ask from Michael that. Jordan how that worked when he was playing baseball. You know what I mean? Like, 
It just doesn't. You need to focus all your energy on something. He didn't something. do them both at the same time. He did. Right, he's Bo doing, Jackson. Let's use Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson was the was great. He, he did both. He, he was my hero when I was a kid, dude. I love Bo, Bo Jackson. Bono Surf. He's everybody's hero. He he's still my hero. He is. Um, no, I, so I I agree. The I'm golf a tournament is a good thing to get is. him. He's going to be around guys that are like, dude, we do this thing called focusing to win. I disagree. And he's going to make him snap into it. I disagree completely. And I've been saying... You're what? off the Slater bandwagon already, aren't you? Dude, well, you're right now saying him checking his watch is disheartening, and that really worries me as a fan. I'm going, dude, I've been telling you that for three years, that he wasn't paying attention to the the prize, which is winning that 12th world title. And this is just more By of By the way, same. didn't you give me 100 bucks about two weeks ago because Kelly did what I said he was going to do, and he kicked ass at Pipeline, and you yeah. didn't have faith in him based on what you just told me, yeah. that he's not prepared, that he's not into it. It's your one win this year, dude. Enjoy it. Soak it up. I still got the 100 bucks in my pocket. That was the 100 bucks you gave me the previous year. Whatever. When I won Point the is, is that bet. I agree with you. It's a little – it's disheartening, it as is. I said. Yeah. But the golf tournament's going to be good to kind of get him – and he's going to listen to this and go, you know what? I'm going to swallow my pride here. Maybe those guys are right. I'm going to focus. Right, I Kelly? Would- Hey, come on. That is my dream. That's why I give him so much crap is I, I like to think that he's on a flight with his earbuds in going like, man, David Scales is uh, quiet and gentle criticism has really made me reevaluate my entire life. And uh, I'm going to dedicate my 12th world title to him. I was at the golf course yesterday. Okay. And out of the blue, the starter goes, hey, Scott. What do you think about Kelly this year? And I gave him the same spiel I've been giving you, that this is his final year. He's got focus. He's getting rid of all that other stuff. It's going to happen. It's now or never. What a great way to ride into the sunset. And and the starter was like, I agree. It's amazing how many – all the guys at the golf club know who Kelly Slater is, and they're sure. all pulling cords. Yeah. Anyway, well, it's going to happen. This, I have so- faith in Slater. So this event actually should we just really... start make a bet right now based on what? Okay, what would the bet be? I don't know. Um, Lay out the terms. Well, we, I guess we need to think it through. All right then. Uh, this Vulcan Pipe Pro, by the way, I've really enjoyed the waves. Obviously, have been pumping. I like seeing guys who aren't on the CT, like Ballerum Stack. You know, yeah. it's like I like Ballerum. He's all right, <clears throat> but like it's rad to see him charge and advance with John John in that heat. Um, kind of random dudes whose names I've never heard. O- O'Neill Masson, you know? But then also the local guys like Koa Smith and Koa Rothman, both the Koas. Yeah. Makua Kai Rothman um, got a 10 at backdoor that was insane. He, yeah. Seeing Mason How be able the, to do his those thing. claims? Like everyone's high on the Mason claims. And Mason's claims are so he's, He looks like his dad. Like he comes oh, out, yeah. he came out of that tube and he did that move with the, the that Sal called like a... a a hip tilt or something. Yeah. Where, and it looked so much like Michael Ho. Yeah, hunched, hunchback yeah, with, kind of the, hunchback. with, the, knit, with yeah. the hip tilted out. Like he's going to go into humping motion, but he doesn't fully go into like rapid motion. He just <laughs> sticks it out, you know? Um, Another thing that the broadcast is doing, which is interesting, is they're not talking down to the core audience, you and I. They're mm-hmm. talking like we know exactly what they're talking about. They're not talking to a... Um, you know, my wife or a fan in Iowa, they're using a lot of colloquialism, a lot of like, hey, if you don't know what we're talking about, too bad. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm sure that that's not only endearing to you and I who go, oh, cool, we get it. It's also endearing to the guy that's on the outside that's like, huh, I want to understand what this lingo, what the, these guys are obviously under underneath Disneyland driving around. They know the inner workings of what's happening here. And that's sort of intriguing. And I'm going to bite the hook and follow along and try to figure it out. 
they they want to be in with the in crowd. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I totally agree. Um, and the a, broadcasters seem more comfortable in that realm too. They're they're yeah. I agree. They're just being themselves. Yeah. Totally. Uh, by the way, I did want to say one thing about Slater. Is that you've said enough about Slater? Okay, you're not allowed to talk about Slater. I would like to say, <laughs> to Slater's credit, yes, he's going for twelves out there. Where I feel like some of the other guys are take, taking off on waves that they think they might be able to make and hopefully get an eight out of them. Slater is taking off under the hood, the way John John does, by the way. Yeah, taking off under the hood on the double ups, deeper than everybody, going for twelves, and he's almost making them. There were a couple of waves in that heat that he would have got a ten on each of them, and it would have been a perfect heat score. And he's like not that inches. last left. That he's, last yes. left. Yeah. He's not inches. He's centimeters away from making those things. I know. So I gotta kind of commend him for not just like that's just the way he serves. That's the that's the way he serves when the waves are good. You yeah. know. So you gotta kind of like him losing with a thirteen point total he goes isn't out. really reflective of the way that he surfed. Right. He was moments away from a perfect twenty. He's gonna get. So. He goes out going. I'm getting nine nines or I'm losing the heat. Totally. You know what I mean? In conditions like that, he yeah. is. Yeah. I think oftentimes, though, he will surf a smarter heat competitively than others. But when the waves are like that, it's balls to the wall. And he's because he can do things that nobody else can do. Yes. Yeah. So just wanted to give him credit where credit's due. Um, well, there were some performances, you know, like you mentioned, guys. Yago Dora, um, I saw him get worked, but but also surf the heat really well, but but take off late and just get absolutely axed. And um, Carlos Munoz, Munoz, what about him? I heard some interesting things about him. Say him. <laughs> uh, just I'll just say that I don't want to. I'll just say that I hope he, I hope things work out for him. Say I've, it. I've heard that. No, you know what I'm going to say. I don't know. No, you, you, it's not. I don't want to. I'm just going to say that I hope that I'm pulling for Carlos. Let me just say that. I'm pulling for Carlos. I heard he had a tough year, and I'm pulling for Carlos. Tough year due to self-inflicted? Yes. Yes. His own problems? That yes. He's creating for himself? Yes. Um, I don't know what you're talking about, but as a fan of Carlos's and previous- I heard he's on thin ice with some of his sponsors. Yeah. It, uh, like I've heard the same things in that he's- the number one guy in Costa Rica who's got kind of he's the big fish in the small pond down there and it's easy to let things like that go to your head and so uh, and he's an incredible surfer but of course he let some of the trappings of the yeah, exactly. the tour life yeah. take control of him and there were some bad situations where he got himself in a place where I think he was embarrassed by his actions and um, I'm sure he wished they didn't happen but he can use them as a learning thing yeah and um but I know that, you know, it's tough. I mean, being like the guy, basically the anointed one from Costa Rica and then going out around the world and having all of these temptations thrown at you and and they're hard to resist, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, and, you know, hopefully he'll he'll get his act together. And it seems like he, he kind of does. Yeah, I saw him at um, a film premiere in Long Beach during the U.S. Open, either this year or last year, and he was pulling the hottest chick in the party, dude. And well, that might be the problem. And there's a lot of hot chicks. It's Southern California, huge inventory of hot chicks, and it's U.S. Open time, so they come from all over. And an he was walking around. He was watching. <laughs> you're making these girls just seem like products that you're going to purchase. I love how you have transitioned from being the sexist co-host to now being. What's wrong with being sexy? 
No, that's not what I said. <laughs> to now you're like really kind of trying to redefine your image. Do you have a corporate sponsor you're trying to appeal to, Scott? I, I'm a man with a daughter, a beautiful wife, and a loving mother. So what was the change then? I've, I'm, I'm the same. What do you mean? I'm the same. I've always been <laughs> Let's the Let's let the listeners uh, chime in on... What, just because I want to see high-quality surfing? No. Is I'm that just, what you're saying? I'm just messing with you anyways. Anyways, Carlos Munoz. Uh, I saw him pull super hot chicks at the... Or chick? I'm not sure if it was one or multiple. We don't even know or... if they were chicks. It could have been a dude in oh, drag. Oh, gosh. Who knows? Let's not go down that road. Uh, speaking of women, yeah. surfing and, and uh, quality or ability... Beach Grit has been running an interesting little story. Um, I guess Derek came up with an idea to send Lakey, like, let's send the first girl into orbit. Like, Lakey Peterson has proven herself in her ability to do airs, but let's see her do, like, a full rotation. So he partnered with Hurley, and they do this thing called the Hurley Surf Club. And he's like, we want to be the um, basically the media outlet that documents this process. Let's send the best small wave aerialist in the world, Felipe Toledo, partner him up with Lakey Peterson. We'll send him down to Mexico to the beach breaks. And you send your video documentary team that is doing this Hurley Surf Club where they take a pro surfer and a regular surfer, go to the beach together, and they work on technique. They run they run multiple camera angles and then pull it up on an iPad and show Felipe's turn versus your turn side by side with a little like marker, like a NFL play-by-play kind of thing with yeah. X's and O's. And We'll have Felipe give you coaching technique. And so that's what they're doing. They're currently in Mexico now. Oh, good. Brett Simpson is the backup coach, and they're documenting all of it. And um, it's it's been good. There's a couple of still images of Lakey boosting. and This is cool. This is the kind of thing that's great for women surfing. Yeah. Right? Like, and, and by the way, the having women surf at Mavericks alongside the guys is also a sim- in, in the similar vein. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just... Um, you know, regarding the Mavericks thing, it's like, you know, this is life and death. Totally. But I'm stoked, and it makes sense, and it doesn't surprise me that Hurley's behind this because um, they're pretty progressive and they've got it figured out, and good for them, and good for Lakey Peterson. I'm looking forward to seeing that. This is the kind of thing that's going to, in 10 years, is going to pay off if they continue this this path towards that mm-hmm. progression in women's aerial surfing, you know? Yeah. Well, I I like the concept as well. It's a win-win for Hurley. It's all their team athletes, you know. Who's the one South American gal that that does, Silvana Lima? Yeah, she does the insane areas, but she's off the tour. She's not even around. Yeah, she came in hot the one year she requalified, which she's might got have been a last hideous year. style, but she actually gets in the air and does it. Yeah, and yeah. she's doing the club sandwich turns. And yeah, like the first couple events of the season, she got like really, I think a couple of tens even. Yeah, I remember a ten at Bell's Beach. And then uh, fell off tour that same year. It's like came out hot and then went away. But again, she's from Brazil. She doesn't have sponsor backing. She's kind of um, later in her career. She's older. So I think it's just harder to acquire sponsorship. In 10 or 15 years, will she be looked at as a pioneer? Totally. I think she already is. think that the women will realize, hey, Silvana was really the first. Kind of like the way we look at, in some regards, we look at um, Christian. Fletcher oh, regarding yeah regarding the aerials and stuff like that. We Even will, though there was guys before Christian, but Christian like laid it out in a contest and cover shots a magazine. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's interesting. Well, how, Savannah Lima have that kind of in, like that sort of. I think she already does in Brazil. I don't no, but know I mean amongst well the, the women professional level. surfers in 15 years, will they even know who Silvina Le- Sil- Silvana? Do you even know? Who no, she I can't is. even pronounce her name. <laughs> I, Let's call her Lima. Here's my answer: is 
Probably not, to be honest. Even though she is the pioneer, I think being regarded as a legend and an icon has to do with also like your personality and how you were treated. Well, and results, right? Results. To a degree, and she has results, but it's like you remember their charisma and then also they were great at what they did. You know, there's there's There's, a a full package. There's There's Kevin Reed and Santa Cruz and all these, a ton of aerialists whose name you don't remember. Right. So what I will say, though, is that it's interesting how history reflects on people. And we saw girls getting barreled at Chopu, like barely getting barreled at Chopu in the last couple of years on the CT level. And people are championing that. And then Rochelle Ballard posted an Instagram and goes, do you guys remember this from 1998? And it's her getting absolutely yep. pitted exactly. on a wave that was way gnarlier than any of the current girls took off on. Yeah. And it was like, oh, yeah, we forgot about you, Rochelle. You know, Because you're quietly doing yoga in, in Kauai and you're not out there – advertising yourself even though that's she was, incredibly right? interesting right because now so what you're saying is that this generation of millennials because we have so much stuff at our fingertips we don't have any context of history we don't we it's like oh yeah i forgot about that because i'm more about what's happening tomorrow what's the next clip that's going to drop well do you think that's true that that we don't have as it is true as a, a, a broad view of history now as we once did because we have so much at to look at. I we're think, just overwhelmed. I, and there's and we, not and as stuff. much reverence of history. Reverence. The, the other problem that I have is that there's so much more respect for the shameless self-promoter now than there's ever been. So it used to be that it wasn't cool to promote yourself. You know, right. and Rochelle bagged that clip and then quietly walked off the stage, dropped the mic, walked off, yeah. and allowed Bill Ballard, her husband, and other people to collect that footage and advertise it to the public. You so know what ex-husband. I mean? Ex-husband. Ex-husband. But, you know, but at the time, yeah. it was like he's making the best quality surf videos yeah. and promoting it for her. You let the other people. Nowadays. He did a lot to champion women surfing, totally. actually, Bill Ballard. And nowadays, and he's, by the way, behind John John's 12 yeah. series. Yeah. So he's still doing great film work. Yeah. But the point is, nowadays, it's, it's lauded to be a self-promoter. Uh, our commander-in-chief is the biggest self-promoter of them all, and that used to be disgraceful. And now it's like, that's how you become president of the United States. It's just a sign of the times. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. It's just the it's, sign it's of the times. It's bad and it's the ugly. Card- the Kardashians, you know, it's like, oh, God, it is what it is. Yeah. So unless you're going to post a booty of your selfie on screen, uh, selfie of your booty on Instagram, Scott. You're never going to get a million followers. <laughs> I'll lose a million followers. <laughs> you're going to have negative followers. Negative followers. The first Instagram account to ever have negative followers. <laughs> that would be insane. <laughs> How good would that be? So anyway, um, follow that that series, by the way, on beachgrit.com. Um, I like... Uh, Derek Riley just labeled it Can a Girl Nail a Full Rotor is what the title Well, speaking of Hurley, this may be a good segue into my um, experience at Cal State San Marcos, my alma mater, where I um, I went there. They have that, you know, the, speaking of Red Bull, they did that uh, Distance Between Dreams, right, with yep. Ian Walsh? Ian Walsh's film. And um, there's that segment in there where he's on that VO2 Max machine at Cal State San Marcos gauging his oxygen efficiency which and i went and did that i i I visited cal state san marcos they were kind enough to let me partake in their study and by the way any surfer can you know that's in san diego that can make time for it can go down and do the study um and so they hooked me up to the machine to the 
oxygen monitoring. Explain what the machine looks like. It's a face mask. Yeah, it's a it's a face mask. Like, looks like you're getting gas at the dentist office. Or perfect. Something. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So it's like a a dental gas mask that has two tubes that are connected to the oxygen monitoring machine, the data input machine, and um, you put on a heart monitor and a watch and and. They put you in a pool. They put me in a pool on a small little thin board on purpose, a board that doesn't have much volume. Not much flotation? Not much flotation. So it's kind of uh, not floating on the surface. You're under submerged a, a little, little bit? bit. Yeah. Okay. It's probably two inches thick, like a six-foot, two-inch thick surfboard. Okay. And, they, and it's this plume thing, right, where they start the flow against you very slowly. Okay. And then every 10 seconds, they ramp up the speed of the flow. So at first, I'm literally just using one arm. To, I don't even have to do that to kind of stay in position. Paddling. And the idea is to stay in position next to the tennis ball that they have hanging. And they ramp it up every 10 seconds, and they let you know when they're ramping it up. And before you know it, you're paddling kind of, you know, not too aggressively, just doing a normal paddle. And they keep ramping it up, and they keep telling you they're ramping it up. And before you know it, you're at a good pace and now you're at full paddle force you're going full speed they're keep ramping it up you know they keep ramping it up and at some point they're they start to cheer you on because they know that you're you're you know huffing and puffing and um ian wall and so they get to full speed and you just go until you can't stay aligned with the tennis ball and you're pushed to the back of the pool at which point they go okay you're done which they're going to ramp it up they're going to ramp. Never going to win this. No, game. you're never going to win. Yeah. It's a, it's a, how long can you stay in the pool? Ian Walsh stayed in the pool for 15 minutes. He has the record, 15 minutes. And so they do this, you know, and and it's a, you know, it's quite a workout. It's quite challenging, and it was interesting to find out where I stood regarding my oxygen efficiency relative to only paddling, um, in regard to other people either my age or younger than me or older than me. You know, there's all these demographics that they put you in. And where do you stand? I'm above average for a 51 year old male. Yeah. I was my reading was 32.7, and I went for 11 minutes and seven seconds. And um, I'm on average with a 25 year old male. And these are all the guys in this study are core enthusiast surfers. They're not like wow. kooks. Okay, you know what I mean. So I was on average with a 25-year-old male. Now, there are 25-year-old males that are way above, and there's some 25-year-old males that are below. I know how averages work. Yes. <laughs> and I'm just messing uh, with you. Anyway, so... That's pretty impressive, dude. Nicely done. Well, I think... Yeah, I mean, and, you know, look, I felt like it was on. You know, I had to... I was trying to, to beat Ian Walsh. Good luck uh, with that. Yeah, that wasn't going to happen. It was not going to happen. Uh, so what is the name of your film going to be called? I assume that footage is going into the documentary of Scott Bass's life. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be called Egomaniac with an Inferiority Complex. <laughs> the Scott Bass story. <laughs> Sponsored by some bathing suit company. Right. Who won't get paid by cartel <laughs> management. Some suntanning company. Um, this is not related to that at all, but just kind of an interesting thing that I saw on the internet did you see the photo of the kid doing the backside snap in front of a shark? Yeah. How gnarly He, he doesn't even see that. The kid didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, the dad's yeah. filming it. Yeah, the dad was shooting this footage in Australia. Western Oz, I think, right? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. I thought it a was Nelson West. Bay real estate agent, Chris Hansen, is, or Hassan is the guy that shot it. So I don't know where Nelson Bay is. Right. 
at any rate, he was just shooting footage of his kid. His kid's going down the line on the left, and he's setting up for a snap. He's actually kind of coming off the bottom, and you can see a shark basically in the wave face. It looks like the shark's upside down. It does. Like yeah. his mouth. Like you see his mouth on the wave face. But not as if his mouth's open. You just but see turning. the white underbelly right. a little bit. It's pretty pretty creepy looking, and the kid didn't see the shark. Came in, and then the dad was like, oh, my gosh, I think I saw something. And they review the footage, and sure enough, so there's a screenshot of it. I'll post it on Surf Splendor's Instagram, at Surf Splendor, and then on SurfSplendorPodcast.com. And then, interestingly, the kid went surfing the next day again. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, kids not like to that. be deterred. No, kids don't care. So, they don't, but the dad should. <laughs> you know? I know. Like, you would think the oh, dad would have said something. No surfing for you. Yeah. Uh, by the way, in other podcast news, I listened to the Awkcast recently. The Bruce Irons one? Yeah. Did we talk about this last time? No, we talked about the Oc cast, but the Bruce one wasn't published. I thought we talked yet. about it. The Bruce one was published since you and I last recorded, oh. and um, it was interesting. Uh, one thing that Aki mentioned in the middle of the the cast was that Joel Parkinson. This is going to be his final year on tour as well. Oh, and Aki mentioned it as if he wasn't supposed to. He's like. He's talking to Bruce about Bruce going on the QS, which he's not going to do. And then he's like, yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because this is going to be Joel's final year on tour. And then kind of grimaced and goes, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Because he <laughs> oh and Joel God. are buddies, of course, so he knows that personally. Oh, okay. But that was an, an accidental breaking slip. news. You have breaking news. It here. is breaking news. Uh, not as a breaking news sound drop. Like, do 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 Joel Parko's last year on tour. I'll record that one. And then we'll use that as the breaking news drop from now on. So anyway, the news of Joel um, retiring isn't as big as the news of Kelly retiring, but it's still a news story. But it's breaking news. It is breaking. Good stuff. Um, do you have Dukes and Kooks, must-see moments, all that jazz? Um, yeah, my – my. Uh, well, who do you got? My must-see moment is Dane's Rejects. This is Dane Reynolds' 20-minute film – with all of the rejects that didn't make the cut for Chapter 11. Yeah, by, I saw by, this. Yeah, by the way, Dane's rejects are better than anyone else's A-clips. Right. It's so sick, man. Um, so this, it's done, I, I don't even know how you classify them as rejects. They're A-plus clips. They're edited kind of in the similar lo-fi fashion as his other stuff is. Music's great. It's just a great 20-minute film. So that's my must-see moment. My musty moment is the napkin apocalypse Instagram. Is it really? So good. Dude, we're both. <laughs> it's the best Instagram. If, if, if you were to like take all of the surf Instagrams, and I know that napkin apocalypse is borderline not surf because it's, it's usually not about. surf at all, actually. It's usually about the pet and the, and the baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. Man. Do you want to explain to listeners? Well, yeah. they have that like. It's I don't Dane even know Ren- what kind of terrier that thing is. What kind of dog Bull, is it? Bulldog, yeah, it's right? a bulldog. Yeah. And they like they dress it up. Who in, are they? It's Dane Reynolds and his wife. Yes. Who, who, is it Courtney? Yep. And she, her Instagram is Napkin Apocalypse. And it's just hilarious because it's because it's creative. You yeah. can tell this girl's pretty smart. She's yeah. an artist. And she just does these funny things with the dog and the kid. The, their new baby, the kid. Sammy Boo Boo. <laughs> Is that his name, Sammy Boo Boo? Yeah. They, the best part's the dog, though. Like, they'll put the dog in a car. Like, it looks like the dog's driving. And yeah. They just put the dog in all sorts of the dog <laughs> hilarious has- pers- positions. And 
It's just the greatest. That's my musty moment. The dog has its own Instagram account, by the way. Oh, it does? Yeah. I think it's called Pam Loves Ferrari Boys. Yeah, Pam Loves Ferrari Boys. I had no idea. Uh, I'm missing the out. The dog has 54,000 followers. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it's that's my musty moment. Solid stuff. So your and my musty moments are both from the world of Dane Reynolds. Right. As a side note, this really isn't a news story to me, but everybody advertised it as such. Dane um, and Craig Anderson have kind of launched their new brand. It's called Former. They haven't launched any clothing or anything like that, but they at least started stickering their boards with the logos. Oh. And um, Is that that one Insta I saw of yes. Seal Tooth? Where, and I couldn't even read the – he did that – what do you call that when they – Boomerang. Boomerang. He boomeranged it? Yep. And I couldn't – it looked like it was a – a new Channel Islands logo on the rail, but is that their new logo? Yeah. Former? And you couldn't even read it. No, you couldn't read it. And it, it's, it gave me a headache. Yeah. You know what's funny is such an old I am so critical of the imagery, of like the branding and the logo that they're using and all that sort of stuff. kind of looks terrible, but it's Dane and uh, obviously the fanboys will follow. You and I among them. So. Huh. Um, do you have a Duke and a Coop? Well, I'm looking at um, this picture of Griffin Gass and his wife. Yeah, Marissa Miller. Marissa Miller. And uh, <laughs> what do you say? I I don't know what to say. I don't want to say anything bad. There's not much bad to say, but I guess I guess my kook is the cartel management for for having. All the opportunity in the world to do something really cool and failing to do it. Yeah. Cartel management was my kook before you even started the show, like for the exact same reasons. So um, not a fan. My Duke, Sophia Tiari Bartlow. Are you familiar, Sophia? I'm so saddened by this. Yeah. So Sophia, daughter of Jericho Poplar. Um Jericho's a sweet, sweet lady. I met Sophia once at Malibu, and it was uh, – I only met her once, and she was a kind of person. She had a personality that was larger than the room. She dominated, and she was just uh, just a very engaging uh, person to, to be in the presence of, and it's just really, really sad. Super sad. So, um, Third-generation water woman known for her vibrant, bright smile and also just her like competitive her mom, yet grateful, graceful skills. Jericho's just like that. And Jericho is a board of directors member here at Shaq. So. Right. And um, Jericho was actually the women's champion, I think, in 1976. She was inducted into the Surfer Hall of Fame in 2004. Um, her grandmother was actually a junior Olympic swimming champion, believe it or not. So this like kind of legacy third Sophia being the third generation in this legacy of water women. She was raised in Long Beach, which is where I was born and partially raised. It's where Dane Reynolds was born. It's where Brett Simpson was born. We've got a legacy of our own going. Um, and Sophia was born there. She was accomplished competitor. She was a 2014 USP. I'm sorry. US SUP tour national champion california state champion for longboarding state champion for shortboarding um she passed away in a car crash on the north shore how uh you tell me well it wasn't the guy driving her boyfriend drunk yeah i i heard that it was alleged i don't know what the details of it were was that actually what happened? i don't know i hate to be the one that starts throwing around 
rumor and innuendo, I only, especially something so horrible. I'll read right here from the Honolulu Advisor. Uh, Bartlow was the passenger in a car driven by a 35-year-old male identified as her boyfriend who lost control of the car and hit a large tree. Police said alcohol and excessive speed contributed to the crash. So, yeah. Um, the driver identified by news outlets as Sage Candelaria was arrested for the uh, investigation of first-degree negligent homicide, drunken driving, and driving without a license, actually. Oh, why doesn't he have a license? I don't know. Super, super sad. I read the story right after it broke and didn't actually know those details. But um, Duke, Sophia Bartlow, for being hometown girl with a really – amazing kind of aloha spirit that everybody in orange county and even maybe southern california has seen her in the water and known her in some capacity and yeah she will be sorely missed man that's such a bummer yeah unnecessary. don't drive drunk for god's sakes and don't get in the car with a drunk driver yeah. take an uber yeah oh yeah so it says here yeah First degree negligent homicide, drunk driving, driving without a license. Does that mean his license was revoked or he just didn't have it with him? No clue. Man. Bummer. Yeah, that's well, full on nightmare. On that on that note, um, Vulcan Pipe Pro should be running rounds the end of round three today and round four. So hopefully you, the listener, are keeping up with that. I've got some cool news regarding um, the boardroom show. Yeah. The boardroom right. international surfboard show taking place May 6th and 7th in Del Mar, California at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. All are welcome. It's a surfboard manufacturing industry trade show that's open to the public, consumer facing. All the latest and greatest surfboards. And as you know, this year we're honoring Al Merrick. Each year we honor a shaper, David. This year we're honoring Al Merrick. Legendary Santa Barbara shaper, patriarch of the Channel Islands surfboard brand, and a guy who's made boards for more world champions than anyone. So in the shape-off competition, as a part of the honoring of Al Merrick, we're inviting, or Al in Channel Islands is inviting 10 shapers. So they've nailed down nine of the shapers. Okay. And they've got a really cool international list of shapers. So internationally, from Australia is Gary McNeil, who, um, if you check out Gary McNeil Concepts, he shapes Rasta's boards. Um, also from Australia, a guy named Rex Marshall, who makes RM surfboards out of Sydney, I think. Or no, he might be from the Central Coast. Um, from the Basque country, a Brazilian surfer who shapes all of Gabe Medina's boards, Johnny Cabianca. Yep. That's a big one. Yep. Super stoked. Um, we also have here in California, Wayne Rich was selected by Channel Islands, Chris Christensen, Ryan Sakel from Huntington Beach. His father had the Huntington Beach surf shop there, Sakel Surfboards forever. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah, still there. Yep. Um, Ryan Sakel's brand is Arise. Arise, right. Uh, A-R-Y-S-E. I think he, well, he lives down where I live. Yeah, Encinitas, actually. Yeah, Encinitas. Um... Zach Flores, who's a 17-year-old shaper, young gun shaper. Where's he from? He goes to high school. He just got his driver's license. He's, <laughs> he's from Encinitas. He surfs Seaside Reef all the time. Rad. He's kind of in that Ryan Birch vein, you know, super oh, okay. good surfer, really in, involved shaper, was was taught how to shape by Jim Phillips, Jim the Genius Phillips. 
making a lot of different <clears throat> writing a lot of different styles of boards tons then. of different boards yeah. I, yeah I was surfing with him the other day he was on a longboard the day before he was on an ASIM you know 5'2 yeah. he's all over the place cool um, I'm missing a couple of more I forget how many I mentioned but so when are the dates for the boardroom show the boardroom show May 6th and 7th alright and it's in Del Mar Del Mar yeah there's going to also be a, a unique surfboards auction a motivated seller's Unique surfboards auction in which there will be a Dane Reynolds autographed Almeric board. Cool. Um, there will be a board shaped by Al Chapman. We've got our a line on some other cool boards. A board shaped by Jackie Dunn, the legendary uh, pipeline heir apparent to Jerry Lopez. Awesome. I don't know if you know Jackie Dunn. But, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, there's going to be a bunch of cool boards. There's going to be some Martin Potter boards that Randy Rarick's putting in. Sweet. Some TNCs? Yeah. They're Glenn Minamis. Yeah. Okay, cool. A Glenn Minami, uh, sort of like that Saint era, uh, Twin Fins and Twinsers. And um, some other cool stuff, a lot of cool boards and stuff. So there'll be an auction. There'll be the honoring of Al Merrick. There'll be laminating by Revchem Composites. They're going to have a bunch of really good... Uh, laminating seminars and of course there's going to be the surfer talks surfer magazine is hosting a series of panel discussions uh one of them is on the channel bottom and uh, nick carroll and i think hamish graham and some others are going to be on that panel there's going to be an almeric tribute panel which is going to include um they believe rob machado taylor knox maybe kalani rob sam george a few others there's awesome. gonna, there's going to be a panel discussion on big wave surfboard design and the latest and greatest in big wave surfing design, and they anticipate uh, Pat Rossin and some other um, big wave shapers to be involved in that one. Um, there's some other really cool discussion seminars. I'll I'll the next episode I'll I'll have that stuff in front of me. And yeah, it's really a uh, I'll riff on it. A big show with a lot of different elements going on throughout the yeah. course of the weekend. So <clears> I've got my on. weekend blocked out. I will be there for sure, Scott. Yes. We'll be doing the uh kissing hands and shaking babies that we always do. Right. <laughs> yes. That'll be scary. All right. right so anyway, well, boardroom May 6th and 7th, come out and visit. Boardroomshow.com boardroomshow.com which is where you can find this show boardroomshow.com everything that we discuss in this show as well that's correct all the videos videos links to articles links to articles um, alright well thanks to the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center for hosting us today surfingheritage.org is the website yeah um, and what's your Instagram at surf splendor find all of the splendor that is everything that we discuss in this show the chop hot, ha- the chop hop haircuts, the archives in the studio that we're. What's my right Instagram? Now? Boardroom show. And what's my Twitter? Boardroom surf. Yeah. At boardroom surf is my Twitter. Instagram at boardroom show, or just go to boardroomshow.com, and you can get a bunch of information, including all of these shows. And you can do the same at surfsplendorpodcast.com. Yes, sir. And my email, if you want to email the show. It is surftalksandiego at gmail.com. Surftalksandiego at gmail.com. Or email David, hello at surfsplendorpodcast.com. At surfsplendorpodcast.com. Hello at surfsplendorpodcast.com. That's it. And, of course, we've got this trip planned. 
right. Oh. We're going on a surf trip. Come join David and I on this surf adventure of a lifetime. Yeah, it's not officially planned yet, but we are fielding interest from listeners. And I think we've had like six or it's a, I think it's about six people have signed up and I've got their information saved. Um, and we're just gauging interest. We want to do a surf trip. We want to do a more kind of community things based on the community of listeners that, uh, for this podcast. And so a surf trip seems like an obvious thing to do. I wouldn't mind going to Playa Negra. That'd yeah. be killer. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to figure out location and dates currently. Love Playa Negra. Once we figure that out, we will um, let people know and figure out pricing and all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah. So that'll probably happen in the summertime sometime. Yep. Okay. Well, um, until next time, uh, adios and aloha. As you know, surfsplendorpodcast.com is the website. You can find us on social media at surfsplendor. There was one quick thing I wanted to address. Um, early in the show, Scott mentioned our different platforms. He, you know, we were talking about ratings and reviews in iTunes, and I mentioned the rating and review for Surf Splendor that I read, and then he commented like, hey, how many ratings do I have? Well, for those of you who are new to the show, Scott and I distribute this podcast on separate platforms so he has his down the line radio platform which he's actually been doing since 2005 it started off on terrestrial radio in san diego transitioned into a surfer magazine property for a little while he was running a podcast for them and then once he left them um, continued doing it on his own with various co-hosts i connected with scott about three and a half, four years ago because I started uh, Surf Splendor podcast, this podcast, and was doing profile pieces with surfboard shapers, um, publishers, photographers, filmmakers, that sort of stuff, and I wanted to introduce a news segment every other week, and I knew that Scott had kind of uh, been fledgling for probably six months to a year without a co-host, so I reached out to him and I said, hey man, Maybe we could partner up and just see if our chemistry works, and we'll figure out how to distribute the show after that. And what we decided from the get-go was just we would both record separately. He would distribute via his platform. I would distribute via mine. And that's kind of the model that we've implemented ever since. We've never really had a reason to completely diverge or rebrand or make it just one or the other. Um, So my goal is to do these surf news episodes every other week and then on those opposite weeks have profile pieces and so the goal is to do them every week but that doesn't always happen just because um, there's only a limited number of personalities in southern california in the surf industry so oftentimes we're waiting for somebody to come through town which they always do southern california is kind of the hub of the surf industry Um, So most everybody comes through at some point in the year and we get a chance to connect. So that is the goal. That is what Scott and I were talking about. So if you'd like to check out his podcast, you can find it on iTunes where it's listed as down the line or everything uh, that he publishes is on his website, boardroomshow.com. And then, of course, 
this Surf News episode and all other profile pieces that I produce are available on surfsplendorpodcast.com or in iTunes. Just search Surf Splendor. That's probably where you're listening to this now. And then all of the past episodes are actually archived for free. iTunes only lists the last 50, but surfsplendorpodcast.com, we have every last episode, over 150 now. So check all of that out. Share it with friends. That helps this show to grow. And please, by all means, rate and review the show on iTunes. That's a great way to help the show grow as well. All right. That's enough from me. You know my name. This is David Scales for Surf Splendor, signing off until next week. Reminding you, in the midst of your busy work and family obligations, I encourage you to always make time for the ocean. Get out there, get a couple waves, and shred on, my loyal listeners. Shred on.